to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. to get into the Word tonight. Is that cool? We ready to go? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, ready to go. Come on, ready to go. Ready to hit it running. Come on, let's go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless us tonight as we open up your Word. May it be life to us, we pray in Jesus' name. And come on, if you believe that, shout amen in the house. Amen. Amen. Expectancy. So we've been dealing this whole month on expectancy. And I just believe this has been such an awesome series, and we're just almost getting started in it. I mean, we haven't by no means come to the end of it. We're just right there in the middle of it, believing God to do such awesome things. And we are expecting greatness. Come on, we're believing in a God who is able. What is our scripture for the month? Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to Him, now to who? Now to God, who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. Come on. Say that with me, and exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Come on, one more time. Exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. And that's not an empty promise. Now, if I'm saying to you, or you're looking for me to do something exceedingly abundantly above and beyond, I'm going to try to please, but I'm probably going to disappoint you. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, I will disappoint you. Because I haven't got everything to be able to meet every one of your needs exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. But that's a promise that God has given to each one of us that He is now to Him who is what? Able. Love that word. He is able to do and to give to you according to what? The power that we allow to work inside of us. He's a power that wants to be real. He's a power that wants to be alive inside of each one of us. And we've covered some great ground. And it's not that I really want to revisit it and stay there long because I really want to bring something to you tonight, just a great truth tonight. But let's just relook just for a few moments, if we could, about where we've covered and what we've talked about. The first week we talked about Life Happens. Look at your neighbor and say, sure does. Come on. Life happens. We know when what? When plans and things we plan don't always go according to plan. Life just happens. Circumstances and situations sometimes just seem to get the better of us. And what happens is what we expect is not what we experience. And when our experience falls short of our expectation, what we do is this. We lower the expectation level. We turn around and say, I guess I'll never be, I guess I'll never have that. We lower our expectation and the gap between what we expect and what we experience is called what? Wow, two people have been listening this series. Come on, the gap between what we expect and what we experience is called what? That's a big gap sometimes. I said, that's a big gap sometimes between what we experience and what we really expect to take 
place. So therefore we lower, we fall into the plan of Satan when we lower our expectation because there's nothing more he wants us to do as God's children is to what lower the expectancy of our life, begin to lower our lives and the future and the plans that God says he has for us. So we looked at how we can deal with that gap of frustration when we look at other people, when we expect great things from other people and they let us down. Anyone know people like that? that you expect great things for them, but the experience is far off of the expectations. If you're a boss, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Come on. If you're alive, you know what we're talking about tonight because it's so true. What we expect, well, I never expected them to treat me like that. I never expected them to do me like that. I never expected that would be the outcome. The expectation is different to many times the experience that we find in people. We've been using Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They've been our key people in our series and we're going to revisit them again on Sunday morning. But the first week we talked about Martha is frustrated. She's cooking, she's doing everything and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She gets mad. She says, Jesus, I mean, don't you care? Would you not tell her? Would you not tell her? You see, she tries to bring Jesus into her frustration that didn't work in her favor. How many knows that God's not wanting to be a part of your frustration? He's wanting to deliver you from that. Come on. He doesn't want to get down with you and and feel all sorry with you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to make you a more than a conqueror. Come on. He wants to make you victorious in our life. So it didn't really work in her favor at that moment, but it ended up been totally in her favor because God changed her life that day. So we talked about the fact, I can't expect what I don't express. Remember that? I can get frustrated, but am I really expressing that? Am I really telling people? We discovered the fact that my calling may be different to yours. So therefore, what you have a passion about, it may not rock my world. But you know what? That's okay. But I can't get frustrated at my expectations because you're different to me. Your callings are different. What God wants you to do is different from me. We also discovered that we've got to resist the temptation of drafting other people into our dysfunction. Remember, we don't like that word when it talks about us, dysfunction. But so many times the dysfunctions that we have, that's exactly what they are. And because other people don't want to get up early in the morning like we do, or because other people don't work as hard as we do, or because other people don't do this or that like we do, just because it's our dysfunction, we cannot get frustrated when they're not like us. Come on, thank God everyone's not like you. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad they're not like you anyway. Come on, come on. I'm glad they're not like you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. But then what we discovered to round it all off on the first week was this. The problem is the reason we have the greatest frustration with others because really the frustration lies within us. Because many times we don't truly know what God wants from us and what God expects from us. And we've got to discover that in our lives. How many remembers week one? If you don't remember it, you weren't here. If you weren't here, shame on you. Shame on you. Then we went into Wednesday night talking about having the right starting point. And we discussed that when you start talking about expectations and believing big and and believing for great things and for God to do great things, that can be a dangerous thing for some people. That can just make them go crazy and just off their heads. You know, they can start believing that they're going to be the king of England and they weren't even born in England. You know, they can start believing that, you know... 
you know, that they're going to be the, the tr- a truck driver and they don't even have a license. You know what I'm saying? They can just believe for really crazy, wild, off-base things. And you know what? We said it's important that your expectation comes from the right place, from the starting place. And that place is the altar of God. That place is the presence of God. That place is a relationship with God. That place is God. And why is it important we have the right starting place? I'm going to tell you for one reason. Here's a great one. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says this. I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Let me say that again. I has not seen. Nor ear heard, meaning you haven't seen it, you haven't even heard it. This is the exceedingly abundantly stuff we're talking about. Neither has it even entered into your heart. The great things, the awesome things, the things that God expects for your life, that he has planned and prepared. Why? Because he has prepared them for those who, what? Love him. That's a real powerful verse there. That could, verses like that really excite me. We posted something on Facebook. What's your favorite verse? Man, that's a good one right there. Because I'm telling you, God's got greatness in store for my life. And that's powerful. But let me show you something. Here's the deal. If I have the expectations of my life and they don't come from God, the right starting place, guess what happens? I can have my expectations that I'm going to be this. And I'm maybe going to be at this level, and I know on the CD it's going to be hard to follow us right here, but I'm a low level, okay? I'm a low level. But watch this. God says my expectations for you are what? Beyond what you have seen, beyond what you have heard, and beyond what you have comprehended. This is why you've got to have expectations that come from God, because if not, you can say, wow, I want that. And if I get to that, my life will be absolutely made. My life will be incredible. Can I just remind you right now, on that scale, you're maybe at a two, and God can take you to a ten. Come on, God's expectations that he has prepared for your life are so far beyond what your wildest and biggest dreams and hopes could ever be. Why? Because they're what he has destined and planned for your life. And you've got to realize that. Come on, many times we expect so much less. And we rob God from the opportunity to really give us what he wants for our lives. Especially when we've been hurt. Come on, have you ever been repeatedly hurt and repeatedly disappointed? So therefore, what happens again? We lower the bar, don't we, of our expectations. So when we're fulfilling our expectation, this is maybe as high as we can go because I'm used goods, I'm, I've messed up, I've screwed up. You know, why would anyone want me? But I want to remind you today, when you come from the right place, God says exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. You haven't seen it. You haven't dreamt it. You certainly don't know it. But let me tell you something. It's prepared for you. And God hasn't wasted his time preparing something for you. Come on. God's not slaving over the stove, cooking a meal for you not to eat it. Come on now. Help me in the house. Come on. God's not laying up treasures for you, for them to be laying dormant and unclaimed. They can. But we've got to allow the power of God to live inside of us that we can be over 
overcomers, that we can be the head and not the tail, we can be above and not beneath, that we can be the lender and not the borrower. We can expect those things when we come from the right place, when they're birthed in God, when it's God that has done those things inside of our life. God birthed a church inside of me. I'm telling you right now, my expectation of what I think church is going to be, I'm telling you right now, is nothing compared to what God's going to do in this house. Come on. Our expectations can fall so short. I don't want what I expect. I want to live in what he has prepared, what he has expected for me to step into and to me to be a part of. So we thank God that God's got greatness for my life. Come on, say that with me. God's got greatness for my life. God's got greatness for my life. But one thing we've discovered is greatness is not always higher and greater things, but it's always deeper things. It's always deeper because that's where the greatness of God can be found. So my expectancy must come from God and not my foolish notions, not my foolish ideas that I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. Listen, if God wants you to be the next president, then hey, more power to you. But I guarantee probably no one in here is called to be the next president. I just got a sneaking suspicion right there. But you know what? We can go around and say, I'm going to be the next president. I'm going to be the next president. I'm going to be this, this. Let me tell you something. Your frustration is going to be pretty much because your experience is going to be way off what you're expecting. But you know what? What about this? What about saying, hey, God, I know you've called me to be the greatest mother that I can be. I know, God, you've called me to be a mom. You've called me. You know, so many times we look and say, man, all you do is stay at home. I believe Kelly's got one of the highest callings as a stay-at-home mom because that is so incredibly awesome. I love that. You know why I love that? Because when I get home, she's taking care of me. She's got things planned and prepared. And it's not just because I'm selfish and I want to be waited on. I help her too. But you know what? That's a high calling. But you know what? You see, her expectancy, she could have expected and say, well, I want to be this and this and this. But you know what? Because she's doing what God has called her to do, her expectancy and what she's going to experience is going to be greater than anything else. Come on, do you see what I'm saying? We sell ourselves short, okay? Then on Sunday, Kayla knocked it out of the park. Didn't Kayla do a phenomenal job on Sunday? Absolutely awesome. Kayla talked about breaking free of the control, the manipulation of other people, what they expect from our lives. And many times, you know, when we don't meet the expectations of others, not only do they feel let down, but we feel totally rejected. We feel that we just missed it, that we're just blown it, that we're nothing, that we're nobody. And she gave us three really key points that I think are so important in our lives. And that is this, we've got to understand we're unique. That no one else is like us. We are unique. God made you unique. He didn't make a mistake. He couldn't do it any better, so he had to throw away the mold. He couldn't perfect it. Your mold was so perfect that he had to throw it away because he couldn't outdo himself. So he had to go on and create someone else. You're unique. And what else do we understand is this. Not everyone's going to understand us. Not everyone will understand us. Okay. And the next thing that we realize is not everyone knows our story. When Mary came and broke the box, it was easy for people to judge, but they didn't know what God had done in her life. People are not always going to understand you because they don't always know your story. But don't let them silence you from being. Because her main point of the whole message on Sunday was this. Where are you positioning your life? That your life needs to be positioned at the feet of Christ. That ridicule, that judgment, that accusation, all these things. The reason they are thrown upon your life is what? For you to remove yourself from the feet of Jesus to try and defend yourself. But we discovered that when you stand or you sit at the feet of Jesus, he's going to defend you. Come on, he's going to speak on your behalf. He's going to be the one that's going to speak up for you and say, hey, leave her alone. Leave him alone. Let me take care of them. 
So just think about that. Just really great stuff, great stuff. And tonight I've got 15 minutes left. And here's what I want to do is I want to talk tonight about expectancy. And here's the title of our message tonight. And that is this, my frustration. Say that with me, my frustration. I want you to understand when I'm talking about my frustration, I'm not talking about Philip Pimlock, my frustrations. I'm not here to share with you my frustrations personally. But what I want us to realize tonight is why is it that we have the frustrations? What are the frustrations that I have? What are my frustrations? Say that with me again, my frustrations, the ones that I deal with. The ones that you deal with, the ones that we, we carry around with us. And now we've realized that it can be because of the expectancy of others that they let us down or we let others, that that can cause frustration because of the gap of the experience, the expectancy. We realize that my frustrations can be caused by other people. But that's not where we're focusing on tonight. We're focusing on the fact that perhaps our greatest frustrations can be caused by us. The greatest frustrations can be caused by us. It can be as a direct result of what I do or what I'm not doing. And we're just going to deal with that for a few moments tonight, just for a few moments. And and I'm going to just step on some toes and I'm just going to come right at you tonight. Because it's easy for us, so easy to point the finger and blame other people for our frustrations. But maybe the frustration can be also a part of the fact that we're not doing and being what God has called us to be. So what I wanted to do is tonight, I want to give you four reasons why I believe you can be frustrated. I want to give you four reasons why you have frustrations maybe in your life and why it's your fault and not the fault of other people. Okay, you ready? Number one, my frustration is because of my lack of performance. My frustration can be because of my lack of performance. I remember when I was coaching soccer, and it's amazing, I've always had a passion for sports, absolutely love sports. In fact, if it was up to me, probably ESPN would be the only channel that I'd probably watch on TV. Love sports, Fox Soccer Channel, sports. Kelly absolutely hates sports. Well, she doesn't really, but she doesn't like me watching soccer. But I've learned something, that is this, if I rub her feet, I can watch soccer. So I've got really good at rubbing feet. So let me tell you something, I'm a good foot rubber. But here's the deal, when you're coaching soccer, I understand when you're coaching young kids, sometimes I had to first get it into my head that they're not going to know everything that I know because they're young. They haven't learned. In fact, most of the times I've coached, because I'm English, because I have a knowledge of soccer, most of the time they put all the kids with me who have never played before. So it seemed like every year I was getting a whole group of kids that had never even kicked a ball before and never even played. I want to tell you right now, my frustration was never with the fact that kids could not play soccer. That's not my frustration. That's a challenge. And I love that. And that I can develop them and build them and help them and just guide them and give them the fundamentals what they need and and hopefully teach them right so they could maybe go on and be a star one day. But if not, they'll at least know how to kick a ball. They'll at least know how to hold their own in a game and not embarrass (laughs) themselves. But my my frustration has never been what people don't know, but my frustration has always been this, when people don't try. Did you catch that? My frustration always has been when people don't put in any effort and they really don't try. If you can't play, that's fine, but at least try, at least listen, at least follow. And that has to be really a pet peeve of mine, is this, when what? When people just have a care 
don't care a less attitude. You know what I'm saying? They just couldn't care a less attitude and they give no effort at all. We tell our kids all the time, you know, I know you're not a straight A student. I know you're maybe not an AB student. That's okay. But as long as you're giving it your all, I can accept it. I just don't like people who are not given effort. I've always done that in my life. If I've ever done anything, I've always given it my own. You see how I preach. I don't hold back. I'm giving it their own. I'm exhausted after Sundays and Wednesday nights after just giving. Why? Because that's how it is. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I'm going to give everything. So when I see other people not doing that, I can kind of get frustrated with that. But here's the thought is this. Maybe my lack of experience is because of my lack of performance. What I'm experiencing in my life is not what I want it to be, but maybe it's because I'm not given what I need to be. Think about that. What I'm receiving is probably because I'm not given. And my frustration of others is where we find ourselves so often is really because of me and my lack of of performance. Listen to what Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says. It says this, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Come on, whatever you find, whatever job, whatever circumstance you find yourself in life, God says this, here's how you're to do it with the best of your ability. Everyone agree with that? With the best of your ability, do it. If you're going to be a mum, be the best mum. If you're going to be a dad, be the best dad. And I'm telling you right now, out of salvation, being a mother and father is the highest call. And I believe that people can have on the face of this earth, that we can be there for our family and for our children. So whatever we do, do it. I like what New Living Translation says. It says, whatever you do, do well. Whatever you're going to do, do it well. Here's the question I've got to ask for you tonight. Are you doing life well? Are you doing your life well? Or what of your performance, what of your life really needs to change? Oh, we can blame it on other people, but we're talking about my frustration tonight. And maybe it's because the lack of my doing, the lack of me being, the lack of my performance in my life. I wonder if you were to grade yourself tonight. And and we're not going to ask for these in, so you can cheat yourself all you want. But the Bible says you're not deceiving only yourself because God already knows and other people around you know what's going on. Come on now, ouch. Help us, Jesus. You're deceiving yourself. But I wonder if you were to grade yourself on a scale tonight of zero to ten, zero being the worst, ten being the best. Let me just give you some things and grade yourself right now. You ready? Here you go. Point number one, at your job. What is your performance level at your job? From zero to ten, where would you place yourself? Really honestly, at your job. What about this one, at your home? At home, at your house, around your family, around others. I mean, what is your performance in the home, zero to ten? What about for those of you who are married? I mean, what is your performance in your marriage? Those of you in relationships, those of you that have friends and different things. I mean, what is your performance in that friendship? I mean, really, where are you at on a zero to ten scale? What about in your finances? Watch out, I'm coming for you tonight. I mean, what is your performance? Well, Pastor Philip, I've got no money. That's not what we're asking. We're asking, what are you doing with what you do have? Come on, what's your performance? Because we're good to blame everyone else, but what are you doing? Notice when people lose their job, it's never their fault. Hello? It's always everyone else's fault. Well, they did this or that. and that. No, the reason you lost your job is because something you didn't do. 
or something you did do that was wrong and you should have never done it or whatever. So what's your performance when it comes to your finance? I mean, really, where are you at? What about this one? Are you ready? What about your performance in your health? Zero to ten. I mean, where are you healthy? What are you doing with your eating, with your exercise, with your daily habits, with resting, sleeping? What are you putting into your body? What is it you're really doing? I mean, where is your performance? Because we can get frustrated when we're short of breath, but who's the one who won't put down the fork? Come on, I'm just helping you out tonight. Come on, I mean, we can get upset when the doctors give us bad reports, but we're the ones that is building our lives up with so much cholesterol and junk and and, and rubbish and, and just stuffing it all in and just expecting, well, hey, I'm believing for God to use me. Thank God. But you know what? Our expectancy and experience can sometimes be the gap of frustration, and we're the ones that's causing that frustration. So on a zero to ten on those scales, I wonder where you put... I'm telling you right now, and and it can be maybe slightly different to you, but if you rated a seven or less on most of those scales, then you are admitting the fact that you are underperforming in your life. If you put seven or less, I'm telling you right now, the fault lies with you. You're the one that's unperformed. It's not other people's problem. You've got the problem. Come on, do you still love me tonight? You see, we're just trying to help you with this. Because we can think all our frustrations can be solved if other people change, but the most of our frustrations are the fact that we can change them right now. We can change our frustrations. I can't change Victoria, but I can change Philip. Come on, I can't change April. I may try really hard. And they say, you need to change it. But you know, the reality is I can't change it, but I can change me. And my frustrations sometimes can be greater in the fact of I'm not handling my own business. And it can be from lack of performance. Amen? I've got five minutes. You ready? Here's point number two. My frustration is because of my lack of communication. My frustration is because of my lack of communication. Matthew 5 verse 37 says these words, Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. New Living Translation says, Just say a simple yes, I will, Or no, I won't. Can you see how our communications can be sometimes that I say yes, but yet I really mean no? Or I say no, but I really mean yes? Can you see how our communications can be so off? And I'm glad tonight that I'm not surrounded in my life by mind readers. But that's how we treat so many people, that we expect them to know what we want without really communicating it. And then we get shocked and surprised when we're frustrated because they don't do it. Whose fault really is it? Is it theirs or is it mine? Is it mine because I'm not communicating what needs to be said? Think about this. A lot of frustrations in marriage today is because what? It's not the husband or the wife's fault. It's the lack of communication that we have towards each other. And that's what causes the frustration. We talked about this in our first message a little bit. We talked about, I cannot expect what I don't express. I can't expect what I don't communicate and tell. I can't expect those things. And really, to be honest with you, I've got to this place, and I'm, I'm just coming for you tonight. Is that okay? You know, I may offend you tonight, and you may leave the church, but that's okay because we need your chair anyway because we're filling up. Saying that in a kind way tonight. But you know what? I think we need to be challenged by the Word of God. And I think it's a little bit of a cop-out when people turn around and say, well, I just don't know how to communicate. I just don't know how to communicate. Most of the time when people say those words, it's because of two reasons. Number one, they don't want to learn. 
Come on, they just don't want to learn. I, I, I just, I can't communicate. So they say that because they just don't want to learn. They don't want to go there. They don't want to even trip. Hey, I, I just don't communicate. And that's how I am. And you married me that way. So blah, blah, blah. What a miserable way to be. I mean, that is absolutely stupid. You know, you've got to be willing to learn. And here's another reason why people say, I don't want to communicate with others. And that is this, because I don't see value in you enough to do so. Think about that. Because if I really valued as a husband or a wife or people or my children or others around me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn to communicate because I don't want them to be lost. I don't want them to come on because there's value in them. So when I say I don't want to communicate or I don't communicate, I'm really saying, number one, I don't want to learn. And number two, that I don't see value in you enough that I'm willing to do something about it. And the reality is this over and over again, we communicate. Every one of us communicates, even if it's just with grunts and nods. There's a form of communication. So when we say we don't communicate, that's not the truth. But here's where we need to be truthful, and that is this. We need to enlarge our spectrum of communication. We need to stretch that. We need to be, well, they should just know. How many times have we said that? Well, they should just know. Well, maybe they should just know. Come on, let's just be honest. I mean, you've told your kids a few times, they should know by now. So we can get frustrated and mad. Well, they should just know. But obviously they don't. Obviously they don't. And it's amazing how much frustration we can bring on ourselves. Come on, say with me, my frustration. Because what? We're not properly communicating it. And then what do we do? We blame others for it. Come on, if you're to grade yourself on that scale again, remember that zero to ten. Let's talk about it. Where am I at on zero to ten when it comes to communicating my needs? I mean, really, where am I at? Not where you think you are, but really where you're at. Where am I on that scale of communicating my needs to my spouse, to those around me, to those around? I mean, where am I at? Where am I at on the scale of 0 to 10 when I communicate or what am I communicating, what I expect to be done, what I expect to happen? I mean, really, where am I when I communicate that? What do I expect of my spouse? What do I expect of my children? What am I communicating with that? Really, where am I? I wonder where my overall communication skills are on a 0 to 10. Again, if you're seven or less on any of those things, the frustration is really your frustration because it's due to perhaps the lack of your communicate. I'm nearly done. Time is out. But number three, my frustration is because I'm trying to do something I'm not called to do. I'm not, I'm not doing something I'm not called to do. First Peter 2 verse 9 says that you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's own special people. Let me stop there. You know what that tells us? All of us are called. We're all chosen of God. But you know what? We're all not called to be the same. We're all called to be that special person with that special talent and with that special gifting. And I can get frustrated when I'm not as good as someone else at doing something. Have you ever seen people that are so great at doing something and you can get so frustrated because you can't do it just like they do? But you've got to ask yourself this, has God really called me to do that? Because if God hasn't called me to do that, then my frustration is just because of the fact I'm trying to do something that God has never called me to do. Come on, again, with sports, there are some people who are totally not coordinated. I mean, they've got no coordination. 
If you don't have coordination, then probably sports is going to be tough for you because probably 99.9% of sports, even tiddlywinks, need some form of coordination. You know what I'm saying? Need some coordination is needed. So if I'm not coordinated, I can have two choices. I can, number one, choose to be frustrated as I try to play sports or be frustrated at other people. Or number two, guess what? I can find what God has called me to do and I can excel in that. And I can be what God has called me to be. Come on, realizing that I was never meant to be that way. It's the same with singing. I mean, my God, do us all a favor. If you can't sing, don't want to be on the worship team. We love you and everything. But you know what? That's not your calling. That's okay. You know, we could go down the list. You know, if you can't dance, that's okay. Come on, if, you, if you're not a good driver, that's okay. If you're not good at numbers and accounting, that's okay. If you're not good at writing and you can't spell, guess what? That's okay. You know why it's okay? Because you can find what you are good at. And God can use you in that capacity. And I really challenge you, find out where God has placed you. Because in the Word of God, he talks about the talents and the gifts that were given to those servants. And here's the whole moral of the story is this. It's not about the amount of talent that you possess, but it's about what you are doing with what has been given to you. And too often in church, it's like a talent search competition that everyone who's got the talent does everything and then everyone else just sits there and thinks, I can do nothing. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be frustrated if you're doing nothing because God never made you to do nothing. God made you to do something. And you need to find that something. It may be small to you, but guess what? The body of Christ needs you to do your something, what God has called you to do. Because God wasn't just looking for things and said, oh, I guess I've got all the important jobs filled, so I'll just give them this, this, and this, and this. And you can look and say, well, it's not important. I'm telling you right now, well, the gifting and the calling God has given you is so vitally important. And I can be frustrated. My frustration can be really real. Why? Because I'm trying to live out someone else's dream and someone's calling. And I can blame them and I can be mad with them and every but you know what I've got to be mad with myself because I've got to get myself in line I've got to live what God has called me to be come on you are you and that's okay and that's not an excuse but that's an observation let me say that again you are you and that's okay but that's not meant to be an excuse that's an observation you can make it an excuse well I'm never going to be able no I'm not called to do that so I'm going to find out what God has called me to do notice that that's an observation that I am what God has called me to be I'm not going to ever use that as an excuse I'm going to move on and find what God has called me to be and last but not least number 4 my frustration is when I try to please others when I try to please others many of us fall into this mold of trying to please others and it's just another way of spelling trap Come on, many of us fall into the mold of trying to please others and it's just another way of spelling trap. We put ourselves in a trap. We're trying to live out our whole lives just to please other people. And I'm telling you right now, that's not only going to produce utter frustration, but you're going to be exhausted in the process. It's not that the opinions of others don't matter. Don't get me wrong. It's not that the opinions of others don't matter. But here's the reality. You cannot be controlled by them. Because the opinion of God of your life trumps every opinion of man. And if we would live our lives to try and please him instead of others, I'm telling you, our lives would be perfect bliss. Our lives would be perfect harmony. Yeah, there'd be rough times. There'd be tough days still, but we're going to make it through. You see, if we're living our lives trying to please everyone else, that's a one-way street. 
And what I mean by a one-way street is this. Others are going to get something out of you, but you're going to be left with nothing. It's a one-way street. Others are going to get something, and you're going to get nothing. Because all you're doing is giving, 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 trying to please, please, please. And you're at the control and the mercy of everyone else's. And that's a one-sided equation that will always equal zero on your side. It's humanly impossible to please everybody all of the time. Did you know that? It's absolutely impossible. But yet we still try. And we get burnt out and we get frustrated and we're exhausted because I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to love me. I'm telling you, if you be what God has called you to be, people are going to love you. But I'm telling you right now, no matter what you are, no matter what you do, I'm telling you, you will never get everyone to love you. They won't. They won't. So you're better off being what God wants you to be and the ones that he wants to love you will love you instead of being what you want yourself to be at the mercy of other people and having people love you that God never intended to love you. So as we close tonight, is it my frustration because of me? I'm sure every one of us could do better on our performance. Anyone with me on that? I'm sure every one of us could do better on our communication. Anyone with me on that? I'm sure every one of us could do better fulfilling and following our calling. Anyone with me on that? Come on, help me. I'm sure we could all do better for living our lives for God instead of trying to live our lives to please other people. So would you stand with me tonight as we close and let's just pray together. I want to pray with you tonight. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.